Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor. My name is Jesse Mayer and I will be your host. Uh, this week we are beginning our new series titled Fight Club. Fight Club! Um, everyone longs for a great life, a better life, a happier life. Why are there so few who find it? Simply because you must fight for it, but not in the way you might think. This is our focus for the next five to six weeks before Mother's Day. If you are listening to the Salty Pastor podcast, we can't do it without the very own Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited about this new series, and I'm excited about these new chairs. Man, a little. yeah, if you're listening um, uh, through a podcasting app, uh, we've been sitting on these metal stools and these metal stools, man. And we're just killing me. And so somebody came up with these chairs and I'm sitting in one today and man, all parts of me are happy. You're just happier in general. <laughs> all it takes is a little change, little change, little improvement. You know, we just finished that series on Easter Sunday, which is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the whole point is that Jesus brought us alive from spiritual death. And that infuses every part of our lives, the way we think, the way we behave, the way we act, our values, everything, because mm-hmm. now we're alive. We can see clearly this reality in which we live. However, it's not all peaches and cream. We've got to fight now for this new life that we have begin been given. It is a battle. It's a cosmic battle and we're a part of it and it's awesome. So I want us to embrace this gift of life that God has given us through Jesus Christ. And our goal is to join fight club. So we're in a battle where we must fight for our new life um, in Christ. Mm -hmm. I want to recap the biblical principles we discussed on Tuesday. First, Jesus is the one who brings us back from the dead through the power of his resurrection. When we're made alive by Jesus, then we are suddenly realizing we are in enemy territory now. Um, like you use the analogy of where it's like waking up and uh, uh, after being in the matrix, you yeah. realize yeah. you're not as safe as you once thought. Um, therefore we're in a battle, um, whether we realize it or not. And the difference is Jesus has given us weapons of warfare to not only fight this battle, but to win this battle. Right? Yeah, yeah ex- ex- absolutely. It's a, uh, a battle that we've been brought into, but we've been equipped and empowered to win. But that doesn't mean it's done for us. It is something that we fully engage in as well. And what you believe is one of the most important things about you. So my question is, do you know, do you believe that you've been made alive by Jesus and the power of his resurrection? Mm. Do you believe that you are in a battle for your new life? Do you believe you have been equipped for it? And do you believe that you have been empowered to win it? Because my next question would be is if you believe that, then what are you waiting for? You know, get out and live, get out and embrace this adventure, get out and become a person that Jesus moves through to change not only you, but lives around you for the better. So where do we begin this fight? Let's say you're a young woman and you're wanting to join Fight Club. Where's the best place to start fighting right here and right now? Well, I think the biggest thing that young women need to do is fight for an accurate picture of reality and who they are. I think one of the downsides to 
the current cultural trends and all of these philosophical ideologies that have gone out there is that they're attempting to redefine what a male is. They're trying to redefine what females are. They're trying to believe that all roles are socially constructed. And so there's nothing biologically unique about you. And these things flow out in all these different strains and different ways and thoughts and principles and ideologies that can really confuse young girls. And I think it is really important uh, for women, especially young women, to understand that this cultural trend is lying to you when it comes to who you really are. Uh, feminism has inculcated our public school system now for the last 30 to 35 years, and girls are steeped in this ideology from early on, and it goes it goes really well until they hit puberty. But when they hit puberty, puberty this is usually when the wheels start to fall off. So I, I take it you're not a fan of feminism. <laughs> uh, can't this be taken as a little sexist or, you know, anti-woman? Well, let me phrase it this way. I am against the idea of forcing women to work in all the same industries as men when they don't want to. According to Simone de Beauvoir, who is one of the leading French intellectuals for feminism and modern day feminism, she's written extensively, um, says that women should not be allowed to raise their own children and that they should be forced to work in the marketplace. And as a French intellectual, she was very Marxist in her ideology. I believe women should have the choice to determine their own path in life. I am against the idea that when women choose to have children and then nurture those children and pour their life into those children, it's somehow not fulfilling their potential. Somehow they're lesser or they're letting women down because they want to have children and raise those children instead of chasing money. Well, Alice Walker and her strange daughter, who's a feminist, Rebecca Walker, uh, have you know, have an extensive position against this, that motherhood in particular is, you know, lesser uh, of a womanhood, you know. They're uh, letting the cause down. Yeah, they're letting the cause down. I, I, I'm, I'm against the idea that when there is a difference in an industry of men and women with the general populace, that it is due to some oppressive male patriarchy. You know, when you when you look at something and you say, well, there's 50% women in the population, there's 50% men in the population, and, and there's only 10% of the engineers out there are women, then that's because there's this oppressive, sexist, anti-women patriarchy holding women down. And this is a very pernicious accusation, and it, it's, a, it's a damaging one. We, we can go into why later on. Um, I don't think it's males who are consciously or subconsciously oppressing women at every turn and the system is biased against them. I'm against the idea of equity outcomes, which flows from the thing I just talked about. This is the idea that since half the population is women, then half of an executive board, half of engineers, half of mathematicians, half of championship chess players uh, must be women and you should institute laws to enforce that. 
Because if you force this on women in society at this level, then you're required to force women to be bricklayers, sheet rockers, framers, frontline battle squadrons, uh, all of these other types of things as well, right? You know, uh, sanitation workers, trash collectors. Uh, if we're going to, if you're truly going to have an equity outcome society, then you're going to have to force women to do all of these things that men are naturally do at a higher population than women do. And here's the deal. You're trying to force women to be like men. And every principle that I just described that I'm against is modern day feminism. This is their position and more. A lot of it's even more radical. I didn't get into all of it because I just didn't have time. Now, I know what's happening is if you're a young lady and you think feminism is about equal pay and equal opportunity, then I'm going to say something really salty. You're going to be mad when you hear this, but I want you to really understand what I'm saying first because I'm saying it for your benefit, and that is this. If you believe that feminism is simply about equal pay and equal opportunity, you have no idea what the movement espouses and you're associating yourself with a movement that espouses the things that I just spoke about earlier. So I suggest you first dig into what they are really saying and then decide whether you agree with it or not. Because then we can have a conversation about it, whether it's right or wrong. But it's not about equal pay. It's not about equal opportunity. It is so far beyond that, and it's extremely radical. So now that we know kind of what women shouldn't be doing in this battle, uh, what should they be doing? What should they be fighting for? Because well, yeah. you're revealing a lot of things that maybe a lot of women aren't realizing they're associating themselves with. Yeah, and they've been steeped in this ideology in our public school system. Right. And, and I, I don't want to be overly critical, but I just want to say the incentive in the public education system, the incentive is 80% of, or, or somewhere between that, uh, 75 and 85%, are females. They're women doing teaching in elementary school. Right. And then when you get into middle school and high school, it starts to balance out a little bit, but it's predominantly females. And what's happening is there is an incentive for early on these ideologies to be propagated in order to, you know, uh, to empower young girls. And so I think knowing what's out there is really important because the New Testament, though, in counter to this, is very clear that women are completely and unequivocally affirmed in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. If you're a young lady and you're going to try to find your way in society to affirm your identity, it's never going to happen. If you're a young woman and you believe that, wow, if I get married and if I have children— then that I'm going to have, I'm going to have affirm my identity completely and discover all of my value. It's not going to happen. And that's what's, what's really important is that if you are a young woman or any woman and you want to understand your value and be completely affirmed in who you are, that can only happen in knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because that's when you will be made alive. When you seek your identity, your value, your inheritance in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, you are embracing his view of reality and not the world's view. So embrace the way you have been created by God and how you've been made alive spiritually by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this means that your biology 
the different way your mind works as opposed to a man, uh, your feminine qualities. These things are to be valued and affirmed as a reflection of God's image within you, not rejected. The world is so confusing because it's telling you that you're awesome as a woman and the best woman you can be is act like a guy. You know, do what guys do, care about what guys do, chase what guys want. And, you know, they come over to guys and guys are sitting there, I have no idea what I want. I'm just doing what I'm doing. You know, see what I'm saying? It's just a big confusing mess. And so embrace the affirmation of Christ in your life. That's the first step in the battle. In every battle and every person who gets prepared for, for battle, every coach, every trainer, every battle tactician says the same thing. And that is to be a great fighter, you have to master yourself first. And so for women, master that affirmation, that value that comes from being made alive by the resurrection of Jesus. So let's talk to the guys now. Uh, What are the biggest battles we're in need of fighting right now? (laughs) Well, guys, if, if it's confusing for women, I think it's twice right now it's confusing for men. And the first fight for men is this. The first way to enter this battle is... I, you need to fight for your masculine heart if you're a guy. You need to realize that you are a guy, you are masculine, and you need to fight for your masculine heart. But this is a really tough fight because society has undermined and changed the definition of masculinity. Whenever you use that now, it's almost has a negative connotation right. to it everywhere you go. Um And because it has such a negative connotation to it, what our society has done is dramatically interfered with the development of boys into men. And so what that has done is created a bifurcation of masculinity in our society. And what I mean by that is this, is that on the one hand, uh, uh, if you're going to be a guy, you have to be this overly macho, super massive, ripped, zero body fat athlete, you know, that's just the epitome of, of you cheat death at every second. You're violent. You don't take anything from anybody. You're mega alpha male. Right. Right. Uh, I was looking at a study recently just about uh, G.I. Joe. You know, mm-hmm. the dolls, G.I. Joe. And mm-hmm. G.I. Joe used to be just a guy. He, and the doll, the proportions of the guy uh, looked like a, just a standard American male, right? Right. Well, now G.I. Joe is, you know, the size of Hercules, you know. He's like the 300 guys yeah, from the movie. Yeah, just super massive, you know, over-the-top type thing. And and so these these images are, are, are so... Uh, extreme, you know, of what real masculinity is in our world that 95% of the guys look at that and go, I, I'm not built that way. I'm never going to be that. Right. And, I, you know, I'm not the rock, you know, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not built that way. Right. You know, I don't look that. So, so then, um, so then what happens is the other 80, 95% of males are corralled into what I call the controlled male. It's the emasculated male. Now, not all these males are emasculated if you're in that group, but especially if you're young, if you're a uh, teenager, 
what you're you're taught is that masculinity is toxic and of course that's never defined well what do you mean toxic masculinity and it's never been it's never put in context with a counterpart like well that's to- there's toxic feminine right right well oh no no that's not possible the problem in the world is males and women are perfect well so this is the message that's communicated to guys and so the thing is, is that, look, we, we, we want to have low expectations of males. We want males to be controlled because they're safe, you know? Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to have sports that they participate in and there are no winners. There's no participation. Tro- it's just a, participa- a participation trophy. Uh, you pay shadow tag where you actually don't tag anybody. Uh, you, there's non-offensive softball and that's what we want to teach kids. Uh, years ago, I was, uh, coaching one of Jake's, uh, basketball teams when he was really short. He's really tall now. But, so yeah. years ago, <laughs> that was like a 10 long, years yeah. ago. Yeah. He was pretty young and, and Jake was so awesome when he was young because he would go out on the court and what he wanted to do is he wanted to learn everybody's name and he wanted to talk with them and stuff. It's like some were playing basketball and he's like, Oh, well, what's he, he was Jake <laughs> is a networker, you know, yeah. he just really wants to know people and stuff like that. But we were in a league that didn't keep score. Right. So they were like, okay, we're not going to keep score when they first started. And this is what is so funny is that every kid on the bench kept score no matter what. Mm. they kept the score and that's what i thought was interesting because when institutional leaders are telling young boys that keeping score is bad and wrong it hurts people it denigrates it people so are are we going to hurt boys and denigrate manhood so they can feel better i I just don't get that because that's the way boys are Mm. boys are are boys and you only have to look at the facts about how our, our institutions, particularly our elementary schools, are subconsciously denigrating masculinity in boys. More girls get honors in high school than boys by a vast margin. More girls graduate. More girls go to college. More girls have degrees. Girls in their 20s make more money than their male counterparts. You know, I'm happy that girls are doing well. I love the fact I have a daughter. I encouraged her to go out and be professional and and go as far as she can. And I love that. But why is it being done at the expense of boys? Mm. You see, instead of raising girls up to have more opportunity, the belief that feminism did was, well, we have to control males because they're the problem and we push them down. So in the classroom today, things that are just naturally boyishness, you know, like boys don't like to sit still and stuff like that. Guess what? They don't do as well in the current system of how we educate them because we're trying to look at masculinity as a bad thing. Well, that works really, really well. You can control little boys until they hit middle school, you know, and then they hit high school. And then guess what? Yeah. That testosterone gets pumped out by hormones. And if you've taught a boy his whole life that, well, we are trying to make you safe, then you're going to have a train wreck of a guy. Right. You know, in reality, what we should be telling young men is that you are dangerous. You are super dangerous. You are powerful. And you need to learn to control it and you need to have discipline in your life. Mm. Because what I look out at all these young men that are lost, 
they seem to lack discipline. They seem to lack um, motivation or ambition. And I think that's because they've been told over and over and over again that their masculine heart is dangerous or should be controlled or suppressed. And I believe the Bible teaches the exact opposite, that your masculine heart is a God-given thing. You were designed, every young male, to fight a battle and win. Mm. Let's just pick the right battle. Because right. if, you're, if you're told, oh, no, you can't fight, then they end up fighting the wrong battles, right? I think every young man was called in, within the depth of his heart, desires an adventure to go live. They want an adventure, right? Well, we don't want to control that out of boys. What we want to do is say, yes, life is an adventure. Just go live the right adventure. Right. See, we could just keep going on and on about how important it is. Is that so? So the one place you see males finding themselves are in sports. Unfortunately, very few boys are able to compete. You know, right. athletically at at a D one level or at a collegiate level, and that's eighteen years of age. Mm. So most most guys, you know, so they're into pickup basketball, softball. Guys like to do things. They're interested in things, and. You know, I think another reason why it's really hard for guys today in our society is that the church really hasn't helped because the church has feminized Jesus, you know? How so? Well, the, the church should be the predominant leadership development place where men are line up to be challenged, to be great men, victorious businessmen, uh, successful husbands, successful fathers, community leaders, and more. Well, why isn't it? Well, because our images of Jesus is not one of a leader. Our concepts of Jesus is he's a really frail Italian guy with a <laughs> trimmed beard. You know, he lost. He, he constantly whines about how we need to be nice to each other. You know, don't judge love your enemies, you know, kind of a thing. And, and what we, we misinterpret the whole intent and purpose and meaning of what Jesus talked about. We don't talk about well, how he cleared the temple, how he, he stood up to the oppressive religious leaders, how he refused to kowtow to the Romans' political purposes. He ended up being crucified for that. Uh, we, we failed to see how he was a phenomenal leader where thousands of people would follow him, how he never once uh, relinquished a, a core belief in who he was. He never once compromised the truth, even when it was dangerous. I mean, those are things that I think guys need to be challenged with. And that is, look, guys, you weren't meant to be a wuss. You were meant to be a man and you were meant to live like a man and attack life like a man. But you need to have control and discipline because a powerful man who is controlled and focused is the kind of man that you want to become. That's how you live life without regrets, because you'll make fewer mistakes and you'll, you'll be so happy with everything that's happening in your own life. And so the church needs to challenge men. And this is why Fight Club is so important to me, is that we're challenging men to live like Jesus. And the Jesus you want to follow is the most manliest man you will ever have is an image. He is the archetype of true courage. He is the example of true power. He is the example of discipline and focus. He's the example of qualitative leadership. He should be your model on what it means to be a man of great power, a man of great substance, a man of great honor, and a great uh, a man of great import, meaning he makes powerful things happen 
in his circle of influence. So I think that's really important. So men really need to be in Fight Club is what <laughs> yes, you're saying. Yes, they do. Super, <laughs> super into Fight Club. You know, every man needs a battle to win. He does. And this is the battle that men need to fight. You know, Fight Club is predominantly, you know, geared towards guys. I get that. But women, you need to be in the Fight Club too because your society is lying to you. Your society is trying to deceive you. There's a lot of things that you believe about yourself that are just simply false and not true. Well, you think that those things are simply going to go away because you wake up one night in, in the morning and you write on a post-it note, you know, um, I'm an awesome child of God, and you stick it on your makeup mirror, and that's going to change everything? Oh, no, 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 sister. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to not only believe the truth, but you're going to have to fight for it to infuse every fiber of your being, infuse every thought, every behavior, because that is how God made you. And so, guys, same thing. You got to get in this fight because you're fighting for your soul. You're fighting for your identity of who you are in Christ. And when we be join Fight Club, what we discover is something uh, uh, that's more profound. And our society has lost this. Our society has no idea what it is. Our society is just trying to make junk up to try to make people feel better about themselves. What you end up fight when you join Fight Club, what you end up discovering is who you really are. Well, and I think it's really important for both sides to both men and women, because you're understanding what the, what your counterpart is fighting, what their battle is. Yes. Cause it's like, it's easy to say you just need to fight harder, but it's like, if you don't understand what, you know, the men in your life are fighting against what their battlefield is, or if you don't understand what the women in your life are fighting against, all you're going to see is when they're losing, they're upset or they're frustrated. And you're like, I don't even know why you're so upset. And it's really because they're losing a battle, but you didn't understand the battle that yeah. they're fighting. You just think, you know, the women are being emotional or the guys are just getting angry because that's part of their nature. But it's like once you understand the battle they're fighting and why it's so important to them and why they get frustrated if they are losing or if they're seeing someone they care about losing that battle, then it gives you way more investment and understanding to be able to go let me help you stand back up and continue this battle. That's a great, and you know, that's such a great point because here's the deal is any way you slice it, any way you look at it, Christianity, not only as a redemptive act for human beings, both male and females, it is the most uh, equally valuing uh, males uh, of males and females than any other ideology or philosophy that has ever existed mm. in the world and human history. But the other thing that's really important is that it has done more to bring true love and authentic partnership, letting people discover soulmates than any other ideology, religion, or philosophy that's ever existed in the history of mankind. You cannot go back in history and read it and see the actual outflow and outcome of it without seeing it. If you're going to go back and cherry pick all of these little things, yeah, you can do that. But all you're telling me is that you're an ideological zealot and you don't care about facts. You don't care about context and you don't care about the truth. Right. And the bottom line is, is that any open, fair-minded person will look back on the totality of Christianity over the last 2000 years and say, this is the best thing that ever happened for guys is the best thing that ever happened for females. And guess what? It's the best thing that ever happened for true love between men and and women. Mm. So get in the fight because our world hates that ideology called Christianity. Our world is doing everything it can to undermine it and destroy it and attack it. And the first thing it did is it taught people how to think deconstructively 
It's a way of thinking, and that's the only way that you can overcome the powerful truth of Jesus Christ is to think like a deconstructionist. So you have to fix the way you think if you ever want to discover the truth. Absolutely. Any other closing thoughts before we wrap up today? Oh, I'm excited about Fight Club. I think we're going to have a ton of fun, and I think people are going to love it. So share with your friends. Invite them. We're kicking off this Sunday, April 11th. 11th. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church in beautiful Boise, Idaho. Signing off.